or one of the aspects of how we originally got in contact to you, but I just won the uh, the 18 under 31 award with the National Alumni Network. Um, and so that was a, a, a group of 18 people that the National Alumni Association chose. The University of Alabama's Colorado's College of Business is Bama Means Business, a podcast that reveals amazing stories most people both inspire and make a difference in our community. I'm Cole Stevens on the show today, Jake Eigner. This is the second part to our two-part series with Jake, which we cover one of the biggest alumni chapters in Washington, D.C., as well as Jake receiving one of the greatest recognitions for young alumni across the country. I hope you enjoy. I, th- I think you make a good point, sir, about that whole the networking side and the, the people skills is something that once you learn it, it's like running a bicycle. Like you can get right on it. You can always do it. Something that's going to help you no matter what position or what role you're going to fulfill wherever you are in life. That could be both personally and professionally. But another aspect that I think is very unique to yourself is that you went back to law school. A lot of people, especially nowadays, a common trend is go from undergrad to law school. That's going to be like political science or whatever your undergrad is straight to law school just to knock it out before you go back professionally, why do you think that might have set you apart from some of your peers at Georgetown? I'll say this too, is that when I was going from Fisher and told them that I um, resigned and and was going to uh, the law school, I was the youngest vice president in the history of the company. And I was making six figures that I guess I was 25 years old. Um, They thought I had just lost, just lost my mind and probably some of them still do, although they're my clients now. They, I mean, it, it was certainly something where they were like, what, what are you doing? Like, you're going back to school for, for what? For law school? Three years? Um, I definitely think that it was, a, it was a professional risk, but I felt that, number one, that I was still young enough where I could, if it ended up being a miscalculation, I could recover. And number two, I think, especially now with the clients that I work with, um, they see it as a huge benefit. My colleagues see it as a huge benefit because they don't have a lot of folks that worked in asset management and then went to law school, which most of our clients are are asset managers at this time. So it's really given me a, a unique perspective and really a unique lane where it differentiates me from um, a lot of the other associates, I would say. Gotcha. And one thing you mentioned before is that you previously had interactions with Groom before you went to law school. Is that how you ended up there or what was that process like for you? Yeah, I didn't leave Fisher knowing like I'm going to go to DC and work for Groom. But when I was first learning about sort of the uh, employee benefits retirement space, every single time I would Google like something really complicated, like Employee Retirement Income Security Act, Section 408B8. It was like the first thing that would come up would be like Groom Law Group Summary. And every time we would go to these, co- these conferences, um, there was a few guys from Groom that would speak at every conference. And there was literally a line to talk to them about the asset managers because their expertise was so in demand. So they're sort of the, I would say there's a few um, sort of thought leaders at Groom that are sort of like the rock stars of the retirement employee benefits space. Um, And then I I 
So I had an idea in my head of like, I want to work somewhere like Grim. I want to do something like that because those guys just seemed like they were on top of the world. Um, so Grim recruits at Georgetown and I ended up having an interview with a guy that I work with now who's great, Arsalan Malik. And he, I, he got me in the room and said, I, I know fish. Sure. I, I did some of the work on them. Like, what did you do for them? And embarrassingly, I sort of told him about my cold calling background and sales and everything. And we actually walked through a cold call in the interview. Like you pretended to be the, uh, the HR person and I was like the cold caller and I ended up getting hired. So it was really just a great stroke of luck, I guess. Mm. Um, but you can sort of draw a through line of all of the people, uh, that, that helped me get to this point. Now, I, this is just like a very like curious kind of question overall, someone with a background in business that's now in law and obviously more of a client facing law position yourself, working with people on a constant day to day basis. What's a daily life look like for yourself in this position right now? Yeah. So I'm supporting like some of the people that I used to be at conferences with lines to them. So a lot of what I do is sort of mirrors their schedule and, and it kind of whatever. Um, it's most helpful to them that I'm doing right now. Um, one of the things that we've been working on is we represent some of the big plan sponsors sometimes in their uh, investment opportunities. So we'll negotiate different terms for these investments that can go up to the hundreds of millions of dollars um, and engage in these like sort of months long negotiations with asset managers to make sure there's a meeting of the minds and they are they often are um have an employee benefits council too so we'll get familiar with that side we also one of the things that we do that i really like is help companies launch products so when i was at fisher i launched the product that i was telling you about and we needed legal advice so we reached out to groom um that happens every so often and i'll give advice on the um, sort of federal regulations of what you can and can't do, what you can and can't say. And that's probably what I enjoy the most. Inside of your position, obviously being a knowledge expert, that requires you to be very up to date on some of the nuances that might come out every year that it's updating. Actually, before this recording started, we were talking about no, like new stuff that was coming out now, new requirements, new forms. How do you stay up to date and how do you find yourself sort of making sure to not only understand what's going on, but also being able to competently, you know, share that with your clients you're talking to. Yeah, I think that's one of the biggest um, parts of my job that is it's time consuming, but it's also extremely important. And it's why Groom is only located in DC um, because we have some of the top expertise in the country and, and sort of everything happens here. Department of Labor here, it's here, the IRS is here. Um, one reason that we get results for clients maybe quicker than some other firms would be that we have a ton of uh, attorneys that are Department of Labor alumni, I would say, or IRS alumni. So they know how things work. They have contacts in the organizations and they're able to uh, 
of course, within reason, um, predict how things are going to happen because of their extensive experience. And the fact that I'm able to work with people like that um, is one big key component of, of the question that you're asking me and why um, I'm able to sort of keep up to date. But, you know, it, it's a really good question, Cole, and it is a huge part of my job and a huge time commitment, something that I take really seriously. I think that's actually one of the the cases I actually participated in about a month ago. We talked about NASA and the Jet Propulsion Laboratory and the whole idea of like knowledge management. And for people who are listening that might not know what like knowledge management actually means, it's basically handing down information from generation to generation and making sure that the nuances don't get lost in between so that people can continue research, can continue the process without faulting or losing step. Is that something you think about when you're going through and sort of understanding the landscape and trying to instruct maybe new lawyers in the space? Definitely. And we have uh, actually a couple of new associates. And I think that, I mean, people, when I first started, took the time with me to actually go out of their way and be like, hey, like, you know, don't, don't do that, do this. And I, I think that's going to be in any organization where you really have to get lucky end up somewhere where people are actually going to take out the time out of their day to do that. Because if they don't, you could be spinning your wheels on something for, for weeks or months and, and just not knowing how stupid you look. And it, it happens to everybody. Um, it's just, if you, you don't know what you don't know. So I think that knowledge management component is really important. Um, two other people that helped me a lot were in the employee benefits program at Georgetown Law. There's two professors that teach um, qualified retirement plan, Adam Co Cohen and Robin Solomon. And they were just amazing professors. Uh, they don't work at Grimm, but they taught me so much. Um, and I, I still have the outlines from their classes. And there's times where I get a question um, from a, a partner or something where I literally have to go back to their the class that I took in law school in order to sort of get a grounding for what I'm being asked or get a good direction. So that having access to those experts that know more than you in an organization or in your network, I think is one of the most key things in any job to uh, continue to progress. I think that's sort of ideal. If you have a class that you actually apply towards where you're working and also be able to look back on and benefit from it is always a unique experience. And we love to see that one of the things I'm most interested in overall, especially in your position, is the cross-section between business and law. In the beginning, we sort of talked about that whole idea of like they're one and the same and they have to work together really well. Is that something you found yourself enjoying more? And do you see yourself in the future trying out different spaces in the intersection? Yeah, well, I mean, the first thing that I would say is, I mean, law firms are a business. Um and they're really, they're a really good business. There's a lot of law firms that do really well. Um, the other thing is that for what I'm doing, at least I don't work with individuals for the most part, all of my clients are businesses. So having the experience of having worked at a large business is extremely important to me. Um, we actually had somebody, this is a little bit of a digression, but we had a Harvard Law School professor come and speak at our firm retreat back in October. And she recommended that the for the businesses we're working on that we actually try to 
learn their business a little bit. So like if we have a fashion uh, company that we're working for, don't just learn about their retirement plan, learn, read fashion magazines. And um, it's actually proven there's like studies that if you know a little bit more about the business, you're more likely to expand that relationship and make that a more profitable relationship. So I think, um, I mean, in the words of my, my grandma, Rita, she had this saying that no knowledge is wasted. And uh, I remember her telling me that over and over. And the older I get, the more I think that makes sense. I mean, like you were a history major, right? And I'm sure that that's probably seems counterintuitive, but I guarantee you that there's ways that that history training and training your mind to work in that certain way will enrich your life and your career. Um, so I, I guess I just, I would encourage folks, especially the younger you are, um, not to think linearly, like I have to study finance to work in finance. I mean, there's some truth to that, but in reality, the education that you get and the education that you give yourself and the experiences that you have, a lot of things are a lot more interdisciplinary than they seem. For someone that might be aspiring to attend law school or maybe contemplating the idea of going to law school and taking that step, is there any advice you have for them as someone who struggled with the first semester? Um, I guess like, but in, I mean, this is, this is hard. It's hard to give this as advice because I, like I said, I'm very fortunate. I have a great partner with me and I have great parents. I have great siblings, great friends. Um, so I don't know if it's advice to say, put your, put everything in place around you so that you have a good support system. I think law school is something that, I mean, it's a nightmare. Like it's designed to break you down. You're an adult and you're taking three years with no income or very little income. You're sort of at the mercy of the professors who, you know, who knows when the last time they're, uh, how in touch they are with what it's like to be in your 20s in a classroom, um, worrying about, you know, your next meal. So it's just, it's a really hard experience. And I think that the people that survive it put a good network in place around them that will tell them that everything is going to be okay when you inevitably start breaking out. Now, for someone who graduated Alabama, there's a lot of great aspects that you'll talk about. And one of those aspects is the alumni network that is seemingly everywhere. Like I remember when I graduated or yeah. when I graduated high school, I was wearing an Alabama sweatshirt in Colorado, which like we said before, not many alumni now and from Alabama in Colorado. And this is the most embarrassing story ever. I was walking and someone yelled roll tide me across the way. And I turned and said, thank you to them. Like I was, <laughs> not thinking about this. My dad turns to me and goes, Cole, what did you just say? I'm like, thank you. And he goes, you're supposed to say roll tide back. Everyone knows that. I'm like, <laughs> I messed up so bad. I turned around, I yelled roll tide and they were just laughing, walking away. And I have not made that mistake since, but that alumni network is huge. Yeah. Every single city has one. They do a lot of things. Can you talk about that alumni network and what's been like for you to be involved in that? Yeah, definitely. Um, and I actually, uh, this might've been how we originally, or one of the aspects of how we originally got in contact too, but I just won the, uh, the 18 under 31 award with the national alumni. 
network. Um, and so that was a, a group of 18 people that the National Alumni Association chose from applications. Um, and we were, we had a networking event uh, back in January in, in Bryant-Denny Stadium. And it was just incredible. Like the, one of the producers of, of My Little Pony, um, uh, there's a, a woman who, she also lives in DC, works at the Walton family office, like some of the richest people in America. I mean, just the quality of people in that room and the amount of different places that everyone was from was really amazing. I, I was sort of humbled to be amongst that group. Um, and here in DC, the, it's incredible. I, I have to think we have one of the strongest alumni networks, maybe the strongest alumni group outside of the South. Um, it's a lot of people and a lot of very ambitious and successful people that no matter what field you want to work in, um, they're going to be good contacts for you to have. So I really, we're called the national capital chapter and anyone who's considering moving to the DC area, um, you can find us on, there's a website, I think it's called Alabama national capital chapter. If you just Google it, um, I encourage you to, to get in touch. I, I think there's a lot that we can do, especially for recent graduates. No, I think that's a, an amazing aspect that Alabama definitely offers. And everyone's very invested in these groups just because, well, one, it's, it's fun to celebrate Alabama winning, you know, everything. But also on the other hand, it's a great way to meet people, especially when you're graduating from college, moving somewhere you might not know about. You can reach out and say, hi, like really want to get involved. And a lot of time when people are moving, Correct me if I'm wrong. It's after you graduate. So it's going to be that summer going to fall. You have football season and you can always go out to the bars, watch yep. parties with everyone and just get to meet new people. Is that what you found yourself? Yeah. So, I mean, we definitely met a lot of people from the watch parties here. The The bar has changed every year, but this last year, um, I was telling somebody this recently, there was sort of like, they didn't say that, but there were sort of like, a, there was two game day watch bars. One of them was like the old person bar, I would say, where it was like sit down and like food. It was like a nicer, like more expensive place. And the other place was this like basement club where the game was just blasting and there was like strobe life. And I find myself now I'm really at an awkward in-between stage of like, am I with the, am I in the old bar or the young? I would like think myself as a young bar guy whole, but, um, I don't know how, how well I put down there. I'm like, oh, I might be a little bit long in the tooth for this crowd. Uh, but it, it's full every time. And like you said, it's an incredible way just to meet people coming to a new city, um, which could be intimidating. No, for sure. And one other aspect I definitely want to ask about is that coming from Colorado, going to Alabama and eventually ending up in DC, there's a lot of different places you've lived, but what's some of the aspects you really enjoy about DC that has kept you there? Well, I mean, there's a ton, the obvious things about DC that are great are like, you know, the things you would see on the eighth grade trip or like the tourist trip of like the monuments and like the, there's an incredible amount of job opportunities mostly based here. So that a ton of opportunities, uh, a lot of Fortune 500 companies in the area. Um, but what I didn't know about DC is that it's just an incredible amount of fun. 
um, for somebody in their 20s and 30s. Um, the nightlife is really cool. There's a lot of great restaurants. Um, there's a lot of amazing things to do. Um, and so I, I'm never bored. It's, it's almost the opposite. It's, it's intimidating how much to do. And I feel like I'm to the point where I feel that I'm missing out. Um, which is definitely not a problem you'll have everywhere. No, I'm definitely glad to hear that. And one thing I definitely like to ask people, especially our sort of future focused and want to sort of visualize their futures. A lot of people say that they have five, 10, 15 year plans, and I'm not sure what yours is right now, but where do you see yourself in five, 10 or 15 years? Well, I think that what I'm doing now is very meaningful to me because you know, we haven't talked about this in general yet, but retirement is the most important thing that nobody cares about, I would say. And being able to work to improve their retirement offerings and work with financial institutions to um, create better retirement offerings that are going to put people in a more stable position in the long term and, and make sure that they don't outlive their money. Um, it's incredibly meaningful and, and um, it's a big deal to me to be working in this space. I, I've, I really have a, so I, I think that ideally in, in five or 10 years, I, I'd be doing something similar to be honest with you. No, that, that's awesome dear. And one question I always ask everyone that's on the podcast is what is one memory that Alabama has granted you that you will remember for the rest of your life? That can be anything professionally, personally, sports, wow, school, that, anything you want. That's, um, that's a really, um, the first would be meeting Abby, um, my, my girlfriend. Um, and that was, uh, that was, it said my thought actually my junior year. Um, just to be clear, I, it was either sophomore or junior year. I'm going to get in trouble, but I, it was somewhere around that area. Um, and then I think the second thing would be my, uh, seeing my younger brothers come to Alabama. Um, they came and visited me and obviously thought enough of it that they ended up going there themselves and seeing them sort of chart their course and have you know, successful so far academic and then professional careers was incredibly meaningful to me. Um, and it meant a lot. And so those were the two, uh, two most meaningful things I think that I got from Alabama. But like I said before, it was an incredible decision, I think for me to go there. And, um, there's a lot more that I could say positive, um, about the university. Well, Jake, it's been great having this conversation today. It's obviously a very unique position, what you do. If anyone wants to reach out to you, what's the best way to do that? Um, I have a LinkedIn, uh, just Jacob Eigner. And uh, feel free to shoot me a message. And I'm always happy to uh, help any, you know, Alabama graduates or, or friends at the university, especially if they're in the D.C. area or thinking about going to law school. Uh, definitely draw me a line.